Hello and thank you for tuning into Sideline Story, your destination for sports news, analysis and discussions. I am your host, Brandon Yates, and as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Yang Guang and Tianyu. And today we are also thrilled to have Fuyu join us once again. And today we will be discussing the latest news and talking points from this year's Grand Slam tennis event, of course, the iconic Wimbledon tournament. Yang Guang, Novak Djokovic is on course for a record-tying 8th Wimbledon men's singles title. It's just... Even saying the words just seems crazy to me. It's just such a phenomenal potential achievement and just the, you know, just the level of consistency and just the level that he's maintained for such a long period of time. Mm. It really is just a phenomenal achievement and he really is, I think, a, a great example um, for athletes around the world. But from your perspective, how is his title defense looking at the moment? Is he looking like he is definitely on course to get that uh, eighth title? Or do you think that there's any potential competition for him at this point? I think he's, um, he has the extra confidence right now. Um, very rarely he made a, I would not say a arrogant, but um, quite bold statement very early in the tournament saying um, no one can really beat him at this stage. Listen to the, his um, post-match remarks after beating Andrey Rublev in the quarterfinals. I think any, any tennis player wants to be in a position where everyone wants to win against you in the court. So, you know, it, it, is, it is a privilege, as Billy Jean said. I, uh, you know, pressure is part of what we do. It's part of our sport. It's never going to go away. Um, I know that they want to get a scalp. They want to, to win, but uh, it, it ain't happening still. <laughs> um, I watched Djokovic at Grand Slams, and he has not been a player with this ego. Um, rather, he stayed very humble mm. all the time. Um, so his remarks quite took me by surprise. And actually, even though Djokovic has reached the semi-final and he remains the favorite as things stand, um, he experienced some bumpy roads so far. Um, Hubert Hurkacz caused some big troubles. Djokovic was unable to break until the fourth set and the first two set swings were both through close tie breaks. Um, as Djokovic said, that match could have gone the other way and um, Andrei Rublev took advantage of Djokovic's slow start to take lead. Um, by the way, Djokovic always had this start issue. Uh, of course, one or two set losses doesn't mean the end of the world, but um, it certainly is a warning for Djokovic. He needs to avoid the thoughts that there's no one capable of beating him after Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal. It's a dangerous thought yeah, and it could blind him. Yeah, when we've seen athletes like him falter at some point on their road to potential success, I found that when they get through it, it is like a wake-up call for them and it sometimes mm -hmm. brings out better performances from them as the tournament progresses. What are your thoughts, Tianyu? Yeah, what what can we say about this man? You know, just I just saw a comment below the the highlight video of Djokovic's match against Andrei Rublev in YouTube. And it says, Generations come and pass and Djokovic always prevails. I think this is so true. That This man just seems to be getting younger and younger every year. Just a constant force. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Rublev, talking about the match, Rublev was in his best form coming into the quarterfinal. And he showed his power early on in the game. He was firing on his strong forehands throughout the opening set. He used his huge surf and booming ground strokes to take an early lead. And there was a time, like, like Yang Guang said, that Djokovic seemed to be struggling in the game. But as soon as Djokovic got used to the intensity of the game, the scale started to be tilted in his favor. 
which is often the case whenever he faces a younger challenger. Just like anyone else, Rublev couldn't maintain his maintain the same quality and intensity, which uh, and enabled uh, Djokovic to to level the score easily. And then th- when the game came to the uh, to the third set, both players were playing their best tennis. Rublev was tough and found many opportunities to launch attacks on both baseline wings. But Djokovic was still playing with resilience and ease. He just fought through six deuces and claimed the set. Can you imagine being like this top level tennis player, right? You're in the top yeah. 10 in the world, like you're sponsored, you're a wealthy guy, like people know you, you're famous. And you come onto the court and even on your best day, you can't beat this guy, Novak Djokovic, who's what, 36 years old, yeah. has been around for years. So he's 10 years older than you. He's off his game. Well, not necessarily off his game, but not playing at his best, and you still can't get past him. Like as an opponent, I I don't know how you deal with that. Like it kind of reminds me of when I when Usain Bolt was in his peak form. I mean, in two thousand and eight in uh Beijing. in Beijing, but he he ran the the hundred meters with one shoelace untied, um and 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 was jogging for like the last <laughs> ten meters, yeah. and you know his opponents must be thinking, what can we do? <laughs> To beat this guy, he's not he's breaking records and he's not even no trying. Way. For you, someone that's kind of, you know, making waves in the tennis world and is potentially someone that has the chance of upsetting like someone like Novak Djokovic, it's highly I think it's highly unlikely. But there is something about this guy that says maybe he's here to potentially take on the crown and be yeah. the next one that's coming along. About. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Carlos Alcaraz, um, he's definitely laid down a marker on how good he can be, particularly on grass. From your side, in which aspects of the game in the last, let's call it, two or three years where he's been competing at a very high level, where has he improved the most? Yeah, during the past few weeks, we, we've seen that Alcaraz has proven that he can be good on grass. And I think this being Wimbledon has helped him evolve as a player that can potentially take over from the likes of Djokovic, Nadal and Federer. Um, he's talked about how, how bad he wanted to play Djokovic to make up for the loss that he sustained in the French Open. Right. The, yeah, the last time he played Djokovic. And um, of course, there have been mistakes. We've seen Alcaraz falter at some point, like during the game against Alexander Muller. He made several mistakes, but uh, still powered through. And I think that's part of his growth. Does that sound and- familiar? Sound like <laughs> Djokovic a little bit? Off yeah. his game, but still manages to power through. So that could be a very good sign for his future. Yeah, yeah. And that's why we consider him one of the leaders of the next generation. And um, I'd also like to cite the quarterfinal match against Holger Rune. Mm-hmm. Um, up until the first first set tiebreak, they were matching each, each other's pace until Rune made a double fault. And Alcaraz seized that opportunity. And I think at that point, the Grand Slam title separated them because Alcaraz has a U.S. Open title. Mm -hmm. And I think he realized at that moment that uh, he is better than the other person. And um, he thought that that was enough to power him through. So he pounced on that opportunity and didn't make many other mistakes. We, We saw him demonstrate his power, his speed and precision. So... I think, yeah, it it again comes down to mentality. And I think having a Grand Slam title made the difference. 
Yeah, it's that determination and self-belief, I think. And um, yeah, I think he's just another example of mentality does seem to be the separating factor between the top 10 guys and the guys that actually go on to win these tournaments. Um, Yang Guang, Alcaraz, is he next gen? Is he the next one coming along? Yeah, um, I think similar to Djokovic, um, he's really good at key points. Those key points, mm. he never lost them. And uh, as a Djokovic fan, I hate to say this, but um, Alcaraz's game is more fun to watch. Mm. Um, he's always able to play imaginative shots, uh, like a wizard. He seems quite innovative mm, yeah. yeah, with his shot selection. Yeah, yeah, he plays drop shots yeah, time to time. Um, he plays overhead lobs. Um, he chooses lines that always surprise his opponents. All these make him a world-class player. And um, his footsteps and energy on the courts are just unbelievable. Um, he can overrun any opponent, even Djokovic. And, uh, it's nice being 23-24. What is he, 20, is he? <laughs> And his backhand shot is just... Um, also a big weapon. Mm. Uh, but the biggest change I've noticed about Alcaraz is in his defense. Um, his return of serve becomes more stable and sometimes lethal. Uh, he can well return big serving players like Matteo Berrettini. And something that Djokovic is so good at as well yeah. is just that defensive game. No matter how big the serve is or no matter what he's coming up yeah, against, he just seems the, he's like a brick wall. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why Djokovic can be so successful. Mm. Likewise, um, Elkaris can well return those serves of big guys, which I didn't really see at last year's Wimbledon. Uh, this has helped him a lot on grass. We know how fast the ball bounces on grass, and those big men like like to play at Wimbledon because they can play to the utmost of their serves. But like Djokovic, Elkaris has become an expert in returning those powerful serves. Elkaris' own serves also improving, though it has not reached the height of top players. Yeah, I think you'll get there eventually. But mm -hmm. I think, like we've said, the mentality and also just that defensive game, it's so, yeah. so important, particularly on grass. Would you agree with what Yang Guang um, said there, Tianyu? Do you think it's the defensive side of his game that has been the most improved, or not necessarily the most improved, but the most critical improvement to date? Yeah, of course. I, I, I would say that he's definitely improved a lot compared with previous seasons. You know, you, Earlier, we, we talked about the fact that he's a quick learner and, and he's proving that with that point with every game in Wimbledon. He he grew up mostly playing on red clay, but, but now he's proved to us that on grass, he can play as good on grass as he's everywhere. He's ad everywhere adapting else. very well. Yeah. yeah. He can move very fast on clay and hot course. And now on grass, you can see him moving with a series of quick stutter steps. And, and, and apart from the improvements he made on his steps, like Yang Guang said, he's also showing off his, his improved serves and his returns. And, and also talking about the quarterfinal performance, Alcaraz's match against Hoga Rune was the first men's Wimbledon quarterfinal battle since the Open Era to be held between two players aged under 21. Mm. So, and, and, and the both of them just played with the... With their youthful freedom. Is that how young Alcaraz is? is? Is he under 21? Yeah. yeah. How, how old is he? 20. 20. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. If you think about Alcaraz's improvements and experience level at this point at, at under under twenty under twenty one, I mean that's it's phenomenal. That's amazing, yeah. Yeah. And and also what what makes me now is that that even though he was not in his best form, like 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 Fuyu said, he struggled. They they were playing like uh, at, at equal levels and he could quickly summon up his energy and best form on decisive points and yeah that so the turning point came at the end of his first set when Akras shouted in relief after 
prevailing in a tiebreak. Yeah, the roar, <laughs> the road. He rode to the sky, and yeah. he also talked about how this strong reaction has helped him in terms of his mentality during the game. I think and, it's definitely yeah. going to make him a fan favorite as well. Yeah, yeah. We we we've seen it. Like you know, when Nadal used to have those massive celebrations after winning yeah, like, a certain points or something, he de he definitely warmed up the yeah. crowd with that. And I think we might be seeing. Something similar with uh, with Carlos Alcaraz. He's definitely someone that we're going to be keeping an eye on throughout the remainder of this tournament, but hopefully for years and potentially decades to come, because we need yeah. someone mm -hmm. to come in and replace these 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 monsters. Yeah. You know, these these Nadal's, Federer's, Djokovic's, and Serena Williams and the like. But we're yeah. going to take a brief break, and I'll pass it over to Yang Guang, who has the latest headlines from this week's sports news. All right, some interesting stories you might have missed this week in sports. LeBron James has confirmed that he will play another season for the Los Angeles Lakers. The day I can't give the game everything on the floor is the day I'll be done. Lucky for you guys, that day is not today. Australian driver Daniel Ricciardo will make a shock return to Formula One at the Hungarian Grand Prix. He replaces Nick De Vries and Alpha Torre for the rest of the year. China has gathered a delegation of 411 athletes for the World University Games to be held in Chengdu. The strong squad includes some Olympic champions like swimmer Zhang Yufei and gymnasts Zhou Jingyuan. The oldest professional football player has decided he's not old enough to call it quits just yet. Striker Kazuyoshi Miura from Japan, who is 56 years old, has signed a new loan deal in Portugal with the second-tier club Oliveirense. Sideline Story brings you all things sports-related. The hottest topics, latest events, juiciest stories, all with a very personal take. Subscribe to Sideline Story Podcast for heated sports discussions covering events that are happening in China and around the world. Um, for you, there have been some surprise winners at this year's Wimbledon, um, which I think is always fantastic considering that we always... Well, over the last decade, we've, like we've said, the top three, top four have always been traditionally like the the, the players that really yeah, stand up. Boring, always talking <laughs> about the same names. I think that's it's great for the sport to see some surprise I, results. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Why I skipped the first question about Djokovic. <laughs> so tired of always talking about exactly, him. exactly. So for for you, who have been the biggest surprise packages at this point? Um, among the surprise winners, I think Christopher Eubanks did surprise me. He's no longer in the competition at this point, but it's been a good run for the Wimbledon debutant. He, uh, before Wimbledon, Eubanks never made it beyond the second round at a Grand Slam. And um, this year he dismissed the fifth seed, which could have made the trip to the All England Club worthwhile for the American player. And um, in in china when a less known player makes such a big impact or makes a major breakthrough people joke that it's something that they can brag about for the rest of their <laughs> life absolutely <laughs> i think yeah this could be one of the one of the moments for him yeah so i mean for so chris eubanks i think that's definitely a phenomenal achievement and it's 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 definitely great for the sport to see some surprise packages not necessarily go all the way and win but it's always nice to have a grand slam tournament where there's a name that people aren't really familiar with that mm. kind of gets on a roll and starts doing really well. It's it's definitely something nice, not just for tennis fans, but I think just for um you know just objective sports yeah. viewers as well. I yeah. think it's always like, fantastic to have yeah, a surprise. Even if it's just the one time thing, it's yeah. still exciting. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, like what Zhen Qingwen did. Yeah, and I think she will be back. Yeah, Yang yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guang, any surprise packages at this point? Uh, yeah, for me it's definitely Elena Svitlina. She used to be well number three. 
had won a number of WTA titles, including the WTA Finals. But、uh, she just came back to professional tennis three months ago, several months ago,、uh, actually after giving birth to a child. I really didn't expect her to recollect her form so quickly. We know how Serena Williams、um, performed after returning to the tour after the <laughs> but she's a once in a, in a lifetime case. So to see someone else come along and do something similar is pretty pretty. I, I don't think I thought we would ever see something like that again. So yeah. Yeah. Even for Serena, she needed some time to find the pace,、mm. and didn't quite reach the level she had been.、Um, so reaching the Wimbledon semi-finals as a wild card, beating four Grand Slam winners on the way, including world number one Iga Swiatek. Yeah, it's just、um, a fairy tale. Listen to how she reacted to that victory. Yeah, it's uh, really uh, I don't know what is happening right now in my head, <laughs>、um, but yeah, just、uh, really unbelievable. I'm really, really happy that I got this chance to to play here again, and、um, you know, pl- playing、uh, this great match in a great atmosphere. Well, first of all, I'm gonna have a beer, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, her campaign ended at the hands of another underdog, Vondrusova. But still,、uh, she shocked everyone by reaching so far. Another surprise:、um, 16-year-old Mira Andreeva. Uh, she was already a sensation at the French Open,、uh, reaching the third round. But at Wimbledon, she went even further.、Um, I think she has the potential to be the next Sharapova.、Um, of course, there were some. I hope you didn't jinx her now. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I was 16, I was lying on the couch playing PlayStation, and there's this person coming along and like competing in Wimbledon. Like it's crazy when you、yeah. think about it. Sixteen years old. That's crazy. There were some controversies, though,、uh, revolving around her after she refused to shake hands with the umpire、right. because she was given a point penalty for throwing her racket. And actually, her opponent, Madison Keys, gained a match point from that play、mm. and、uh, converted it into a victory.、Uh, yeah, she's still young, and she needs to play more to gain experience to control her emotions, maybe. And Listen, if I was a kid, I would have dealt with that a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like it's crazy. Too, yeah, that's you know, too much for a sixteen-year-old. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you just hope that they've got like psychologists or you know some sort of mental coaching because you、mm-hmm. can be the most talented person in the world, but to deal with, I mean, to deal with the biggest you know Grand Slam in、yeah. the world and you're 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 a child. Like it's just the the men the mental side of things. So just again, mentality. It's so、yeah. important, particularly in these in in these individual sports. So yeah, like it was a bit of a childish outburst, I guess. But I'm sure that'll be something that she works on, and she'll come back stronger. Throwing a racket time to time, I can understand. <laughs> I can,、that. yeah. I was about to say I can't blame her. I can't blame her. So yeah, obviously the rules have it that the second time a player throws his or her racket should be penalized a point. But it was a, a key point、um, mm. in that deciding third set in that match. I don't know. There should be some flexibilities there.、Uh, mm-hmm. It's a shame she went out that way. Imagine it's a final and down the stretch, every point could determine the championship. Should the point penalty comes to decide the match? Is there some sort I did, of? I doubt it. Yeah. Is there some sort of like like congregation of match officials that can get together to decide a decision, or is it always up to the the umpire solely? The umpire. Yeah. You see. Yeah. So maybe that's something that needs to be worked on as well. Because、mm-hmm. in football,、mm-hmm. that was the case for a long time as well, where you know the、it's、final decision just kind of yeah. So like maybe. Uh, I mean, they've got like the Hawkeye technology to tell if a ball's in or out, or yeah. So I think there should be some sort of, and I mean, there's considerations to be made. Like you said, a 16-year-old like threw her racket. It's not like she threw it at the opponent or anything. You know what I mean? So there <laughs>、yeah. should be some, there should be some leeway. I think, like you know, they, they look. Look, rules are rules, but I think in certain instances there should be cases where we're like, look, the 
the game's more important like mm. let's put that to a side like warning but yeah so i think that's something that um you know the tennis governing body i suppose c- can look at and maybe handle it a bit better especially because we do have a lot of really young athletes coming through on the pro- professional circuit and you know from my perspective i think like you said young Kong, i think it just does seem a bit harsh and it yeah. it could if, it could have been in a final and it could have been something that cost yeah. her a title so yeah uh, hopefully we don't see something like that again but then again hopefully we also see improved discipline you know and hopefully lessons learned there as well tianyu rain breaks and the 11 p.m curfew have interrupted matches since the beginning of the tournament but how have the players been affected and are any policy changes necessary at this point? Well, I think that any delays or interruption of the matches that caused by the this this ring or the curfew requirement just really suck. You know, mm. it's not only for the spectators, but also the, for the players. And, and it's a momentum killer, man. Like, or, you know, mm-hmm. if, especially if you're beating someone that it like is, is a little yeah. bit better than you, that momentum, yeah. it can be so important. Yes. And when that's they broken, can it can really, easily. yeah, it yeah. can yes. change the game dramatically. And Yiga Shuantak says that in order to, and she, she likes to play Lego models and do jigsaw puzzles <laughs> to keep her minds active nice. during the time of waiting. Yeah. And, and apart I love from, the idea of seeing <laughs> like a world number one, like playing Lego. <laughs> <laughs> at half when yeah, waiting to go out, that's that's amazing <laughs> yeah and and apart from keeping themselves occupied these players have to ensure that they're physically and mentally ready when the rain stops and they are called to the courts and also in terms of the the curfew i think it, it is even more frustrating yeah. you know when the match comes to a climax when the players are playing the best tennis they can deliver and and the fans are shouting their excitement and suddenly the game stops and everyone has to go home to to catch the subway <laughs> it's like when you're watching the best part of a movie and all of a sudden yeah. you have a power outage well can you imagine <laughs> well as a south african i'm very used to that let me tell you um but especially with sport but i mean can you imagine like for example imagine it's like extra time in football yeah. and like you know everything's going one team's way and the ref goes no sorry it's it's uh, it's 11 p.m sorry guys we have to resume this tomorrow it's like, ridiculous what? it's ridiculous for you time for a change what do you think yeah, I like the words you were saying about these breaks. Momentum killer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. When a, when a match is suspended because of weather, I always think the player that's leading, um, is under bigger pressure. If it had been me, I I would have wanted just to finish off the job already, um, as as soon as possible after the yeah. restart. Um. But the break will allow the player that's trailing to regroup. Absolutely. And yeah. Imagine if you're leading in a tennis match, you must be doing something right. And you might not need to change anything. But the the break, uh, however long it takes, will give the other player some time to think about mm. what he needs to do next. Like a chance to reset. So, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and he, he might come back a different person. So if they, they make the right decision, it will make a big difference. And speaking about interruptions, of course, the rain, it always rains in London. <laughs> and, <laughs> It is an issue for most sports games, and we know that Wimbledon invested in a retractable roof at the center court that's set to have cost 80 million pounds. Wow. That's that's over 100 million US dollars. Um, but whether it served its purpose is up for debate. I'm sure a lot of people like me are wondering whether the roof has served its purpose, whether it's <laughs> effective at all. Yeah. Um, first of all, it did not close in time to protect the grass from getting wet, right? which is why if yeah. it was installed It starts in raining and then it goes, and then by the time it's closed, the rain's gone. You know what I mean? It's just Yeah, and it doesn't protect the grass from getting wet. Take Djokovic's opening match for an example. It raised some eyebrows when they had to 
bring in leaf blowers, and Djokovic had to <laughs> yeah, help drive the court with helped, his own right. towel. That, that's, that's ridiculous. And um, the roof failed to do what it was supposed to do, and organizers defended their decision, saying that um, player safety is their top priority right. because when the grass is wet, it's still slippery. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they can justify their their defense totally preventable yeah um and um also i think organizers need to come up with some protocols of mm. how to use the roofs yeah i think it's going to be a balancing act between like traditionalists saying oh this is how it's always been done and then also trying to keep up with like modern times and you know uh, making the game a little bit safer and you know uh, stopping those potential momentum killer um incidents so it'll be interesting to see how the rest of this tournament progresses and what we will see in future wimbledon tournaments to come but that is all we have time for on this week's episode of sideline story thank you so much for joining us and it was great to have you back with us once again welcome back thank you so much team it's good to be back with all of you <laughs> great to have you back and of course we will be back next week with our latest topic and we'll see you then mm -hmm.